0: The Library, by Francis Rosenfeld. Second Story The smoke was so thick Gwen couldn't gather herself enough to understand where she was at first. She could feel the gentle touch of her guide's hands on her shoulders, but she was still deep inside and in a world she couldn't bear to leave. The contours of the house, so familiar to her by now, began to dissolve, putting her into a deep panic no doubt enhanced by the effects of her traveling tea. Gwen, a voice as if from very far away enticed her, you have to come back now, return to your life, to those who need you. Who is this and what on earth is he talking about? Gwen tried to gather herself. This is my life, she watched, with increasing anxiety, how the thick walls of the house kept melting and morphing and changing colors. I'm high, she thought. "Calm. I must have ingested some of that toxic-looking green brew somehow. She continued her musing. Aggravated her psychedelic experience was so humdrum. Listen to my voice. Gwen, the discarnate voice insisted. Find the door. Look for the door. What door? Gwen frowned. Do you see anything that looks like a door? A passageway. The house door. She looked around still dazed by the reality pulsating in waves all around her. No, the door to the outside. The outside of what? She blurted, confused. Your quest. Find your way back to here. I am here. I know you feel like that, but you are not. You are not where you think you are. Sometimes you go so deep inside yourself, you have difficulty finding your way out. Finish your quest. Find the door. She didn't recognize this voice, she noted. It didn't belong to any of the numbers, for sure, and yet sounded very familiar, like that of a person she'd known for many lifetimes. Do I know you? Yes, he replied, and the timbre of his voice revealed his bemusement. Very well. Do you see it? No. Maybe you should try going outside. Look for it there. In the desert, in the desert, can I get some bread for the journey? Gwen, listen to me carefully. There is no bread. There is no house. You are inside your vision quest. You've been in it too long and it's very important for you to get out. Find the door. Gwen opened the cupboard and stared at the bread loaf, which was too tempting to resist. She tore a piece before she made for the door. A sigh of disapproval accompanied her descent. How could you possibly know? She protested. It doesn't matter. I'm your guide. I just know. Can you please stop wasting time? But I don't want to leave. I like it here. Yes? I'm afraid that's exactly what the problem is. Quests can beguile you to such a degree you won't want to leave. But that place is a landscape in your mind. Gwen, it isn't real. You can go back to it whenever you wish. And your friends, do you hear me? The numbers? They are actual people. They are right here with me. All you have to do is find the door out, so you can meet them. Did I know them before? No, you never did. Don't you want to, though? Can you hear them? Gwen, can you hear me? I can see it. The exit. It's at the end of the white pebble path. I can't walk on the white pebble path. Number one will be furious. No, he won't. He's right here and he assured me he wants you to walk on it and through the door. Just go. Can he tell me himself? You can't hear him from that side. Just trust me it's okay and come on out. As Gwen walked the white pebble path, the surrounding smoke started dissipating, revealing the dark eyes, the aquiline nose and the high cheekbones of her guide. She could read concern in his eyes, concern and relief, and a bit of awkwardness. She looked at the unfamiliar surroundings, anxious there were other people there, but none that she knew, and certainly none of the numbers. Where are they? She fretted. You promised they'd be here. Where are they? I'm so sorry, Gwen. Sometimes when you're lost in a quest, the guide has to do whatever it is in his or her power to convince you to get out, even lie to you. If that's what it takes to bring your soul back. That must have been quite a trip. But this is not my life. Are you sure this is real? It's as real as anything, Gwen. Say you? Last thing I remember I was walking down the freeway from Sedona to the village of Oak Creek. And that sounds like something you might have done while awake. You mean that wasn't real. Go back. Sedona. Even farther back. Do you mean to tell me I never left Anaheim? You never lived in Anaheim, Gwen. You're in Los Angeles. What am I doing in L.A.? You just finished college, remember? Literature. Did I study German? Her guide shook his head. Greek, no. Weird. That must have been quite a trip. Write a story about it sometime. Maybe. Gwen pondered, or maybe I should visit it. It just seemed too real not to exist. What if it's out there in the desert, just waiting for me to find it? Maybe it's real. The guide sketched an ironic smile. Or maybe it was, or will be. You never know how spirit travel works. It's time is not our time. You felt like you'd been there for years. Didn't you? Not exactly. I've been told I had been there for years. There is a difference. It felt so real. It is real, the guide assured her. Not everything that's real is here in physical form. I can't make heads and tails of this story. What does it all mean? You'll have to sit with it and let it teach you. In time, let it connect to your reality and show you your way. You were looking for an answer, weren't you? In a way and what did you find out i was asking the wrong question the guide watched her quietly you should never draw conclusions so easily let time pass let the quest reveal your answer to you it may come in your dreams it may come as a flash of recognition you may just know it be patient be patient with yourself your life will always give you plenty of time to find the answers you seek you need not rush but what about the numbers? Your spirit guides. The teacher laughed. You're a strange one. Most of us find an animal totem, an ancestor, a nature spirit. Your philosopher colony must be a first. I'd be honored to meet them. Maybe I will, one day. She looked at the crow man, who sounded familiar, but she couldn't remember seeing him before. She felt awkward asking, but did anyway? Are you sure we've met before? You never met me, but I met you. Life is a lot more complicated than you think. It has so many layers, realms of being. We all live in many worlds. I met you there a long, long time ago, but you don't remember. Sometimes our wanderings into the spirit realm are shielded from our sight. Why? Who is to know? To protect us. To steer you towards your destiny. Who is to know? So, then... Why do you remember me? That is not for you to know, or for me to share. The guide got up and left the tent, and as he walked through the open flap, his contours melted into thin air as well, and so did all the other people there. You mean to tell me I've been here alone the entire time? Am I going insane, though? Good? You're awake, a cheerful woman in bright pink overalls approached her. Are you real? Gwen asked and sure. I sure hope so, the woman answered. I'm Jillian. She stretched out her arm and shook Gwen's hand. Interesting vision. A school in the desert. Haven't you had enough classes in college? Jillian smiled. Apparently not. Gwen remembered, harboring a sudden urge to quote wisdom in German. Hey, how do you know about my vision? You've been talking to yourself. Don't feel bad. It happens. So, how was it, the vision quest? Gwenda laid the answer, trying to think of something banal that would put an end to this conversation. Her experience, whatever it may have been, was way too real and too intimate to share, even with the closest friends, not to mention a complete stranger, especially after the unexpected encounter with the Crow Man, her guide from a different place in time. What is real, what is real, other than the experiences we store in our memories? They are only mental processes when they leave the now. They are no more real than a daydream, and sometimes less accurate in their details. Gwen made the choice, right then, to dub the numbers real, because they'd been as real to her as any friend had been, as were her interactions with them, and their words, and their wisdom. She felt the need to be alone with her thoughts, and the cheerful fuchsia lady was too bright for her current mental state. You can retreat into the garden, the latter mentioned. Most people do after a quest. It's really peaceful there. It will help you gather your thoughts. It had been raining all night, and in the early morning, and as the sun got higher in the sky, it teased out the water from the ground, weaving it in soft, wispy clouds that caressed the ground. Gwen laughed at their eerie shapes, which looked like they came out of a stage smoke machine, and maybe they were, who knew, part and parcel of her enhanced spiritual experience. The clouds thinned and parted as she approached the end of an alley, and she just then noticed she was walking on pristine white gravel towards a lookout overseeing the valley. She must have seen that gravel before. That her mind had replicated in her vision to the last detail, including a little piece she remembered picking up because it didn't fit, which was still laying on the flat stone at the end of the path, just where she had left it in her vision. It had the strangest color; it looked like a red gemstone or reddish amber. I'm not awake, am I? I'm still inside my lucid dream. It's all a dream. A voice resonated in her head. It's always been a dream. Make it a good one. She thought she recognized the voice, but couldn't make herself turn around and confirm it. Nice way to say hello to your friends. Number one reproached her. Oh, my God, I'm decompensating. I'm going into full mental breakdown now. I knew I shouldn't have tried that brew. What was I thinking? Stop being unpleasant. I'm not really here. Besides. Didn't you just share you realized you're not yet awake? What is here? Reality. The real reality. Ah, you noticed. There is more than one reality. And they're all real. Most of them are not physical, though. Is this one? Am I real? No. Are you sure? No. Does it matter? No. She replied, surprised at the sense of relief which accompanied her observation. All experiences are real. They are real to you, whether or not they happened in verifiable fashion. If it's in your mind, it's real. There is no significant difference between a daydream and a memory. I'd like very much to come visit the colony again one day, if it is possible. Our door is always open to you. Gwen remembered said door, which was in fact only a door frame complete with the beaded curtain and the thick clouds of pot smoke wafting through it. That door led to a place where the long arm of societal norms couldn't reach her, to a place where she was truly free. She was already missing that place that didn't exist, but which was just as alive in her memory as her childhood home. She even missed the vulture eggs, although she had to admit their taste was not for the weak-willed. Living on a fare of raw eggs of unknown origin and electric eel dried up in the sun would have tested the mettle of even the most rugged survivalist. She sat at the end of the white gravel path, with number one invisibly beside her. They sat in silence for a long time, with Gwen pretending she was meditating while her mind was running movie after movie of happy memories that never really happened. Eventually number one grew impatient and broke the silence. So, I understand you underwent this quest because you were searching for something. Spiritual guidance, an answer. I'm curious. Did you find what you were looking for? No, but I found something better. How many people are privileged to get lost and find a world? Besides, it wasn't important. After all, as you said, we're not really here.